Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. Now let's get it started. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to podcast. My name is Colton Cockrell here. I am so excited to be here on another lovely Wednesday. Hopefully it is lovely. Um, it is Wednesday. I do know that. Uh, but I am with Sharon McKinley Group. I am a independent financial planner and a certified financial fiduciary. And with me, I have my co-host in crime, Miss Trisha Stetzel. Trisha. Thank you. Thank you, Colton. You must have been locked indoors all day because you have no idea if it's nice out or not. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, everybody. Trisha Stetzel here, Results Extreme Business Solutions. I am very excited about the guests that we have on today. And I would like to introduce my friend, networking partner, and also someone that I know who serves the Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Ms. Heather Carson is the founder and head attorney at Carson Law Firm, PLLC. Having spent nearly a decade developing programs that protect the work of large institutions, she saw a need for biotech entrepreneurs and other small business owners who don't have access to legal counsel made to protect their own innovations. Today, Heather proudly dedicates her practice to the world's tech-savvy individuals, creatives, and other visionary leaders who need comprehensive legal counsel for their trademark, copyright, and other business-related legal matters. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you. And, and Heather, we're glad to have you. And again, we don't have you for long, so we're going to be right to the point when we get started because I think with what you do, I'm such a sucker for dogs. I'm so sorry. I'm so unprofessional, but that dog is adorable. Holy yeah. cow. Okay. Sorry. Back to that's question. Thor. <laughs> yeah, that's Thor. He has no manners. I'm sorry. So cute. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, really it, it's kind of interesting because every time people look at paper, even if it's like a form or something, there's all these, you know, the C with the circle or trademark or all this stuff. So can you first like explain to me the difference between a copyright, a trademark, um, something else I'm missing? Okay, a, a copyright is something that is created within your business. Like the, the substance of this podcast can be copyrighted. Whereas the name of this podcast would be a trademark because that identifies the podcast itself. It identifies the product or service within the marketplace. And so if somebody was to say, okay, we're looking for a podcast on how uh, different generations and different groups of people interact within the business world, they're going to be able to use the name Bridge the Gap podcast to identify this is the service that is being offered here. Um, whereas the conversation that we're having today, uh, that would be a copyrighted material within that uh, business sphere. Sphere. It doesn't identify the brand, but it is a part of the intellectual property of the brand. That's very interesting. Uh, and I don't know what's what's better, the definition you just gave or actually very well defining what our show is. I was very impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. So Heather, one of the things that we were chit-chatting about before the show started was contracts, right? And we Mm -hmm. see a really large gap between our millennial business owners and maybe our business boomers or some later Mm ex-geners, right, out there and the way that they deal with contracts. So can we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I am am one of those people who actually really enjoys contracts uh, because they're a great puzzle piece that really helps define your business relationship. And what I've found is that my younger entrepreneurs see contracts as a barrier to building a relationship. And they're just, I don't want to make my clients feel like they're stuck with me or we're creating, I don't want to create bad faith with my clients or make them feel, you know, my favorite phrase is icky about the the products and services that I'm offering or, well, contracts are just too complicated and I don't need them. And if the one thing that we've learned during COVID is we need to be defining these products and services is I've had a lot of uh, clients lose a lot of money because they weren't able to reschedule or they ended up having to reschedule on much more expensive terms. Whereas my older clients, um, and not necessarily, you know, a lot older than me, but, you know, five, 10 years older than me, they want, you know, rigid terms and conditions, no flexibility, set milestones, and they're, they know what it is that they're looking for in a contract. And they're not nearly as concerned about what that contract might do to the relationship, because being in business longer, they're used to that, that give and take in the contract negotiation process and they're more comfortable with it. Where, uh, and they're not seeing their clients as friends. They're seeing their clients as clients. So are you saying that millennials are more focused on relationship building than, okay, well, she nodded her head for the yeah, record. They're more, and they don't, and I found that they don't see contracts as a tool for relationship building because for me, and again, this is from the con- the viewpoint of an attorney who's probably 50% of my practice is contracts. Um, contracts are a key part of that relationship building because you set out the terms and conditions of that relationship. And by making it super transparent, you're not going to have that argument. You're not going to have, you know, three days after a photo shoot, Nobody is going to say, oh, well, there's only, you know, 1,500 photos here and I was expecting 4,000 because you know the average number of photos that you're getting. You know whether retouching is included. You know how much the makeup artist is going to cost if it's included at all. You know if there's going to be a set fee. You know what the cancellation policy is going to be. Now all of my photography contracts include a COVID rider, what the COVID cancellation policy is, if there is uh, mandatory vaccination, mandatory masks, and uh, what is what happens if 24 hours in advance, somebody suddenly has a fever? How did you know, Heather, that Colton is getting married soon? Like you're I speaking his language. He <laughs> <laughs> looked very thoughtful. He was just like, huh? So, it's like, yeah, well, I, uh, hopefully. It's never thought happen. about that. Right. Yeah. Well, you don't think about using contracts in that way. So in my mind, Heather, I'm really thinking about, you know, um, I'm not getting paid, right? I mean, that would be one of the things that first comes to mind. Like I I, I did the service, I yep. provided the service to the client, the client's not paying me. So what 
it's a sticky, I think you used that word earlier, sticky situation, yeah. right? Yeah. Icky. It's, it's, sticky, it's sticky. And by having payment terms within your contract, it's not just a, please pay me. It's a, okay, now we have interest. I have the ability to automatically charge your credit card. Here is the venue that I'm going to sue you in, which is very important for clients providing services nationwide because my office is here in Houston. I provide trademark um, services nationwide. It's a federal practice. I'm not going to file a lawsuit against a client in New Jersey, in New Jersey. I'm not flying to New Jersey. Like that's just not in my game plan. I'm going to require them to come and defend this lawsuit in Texas, which greatly increases the chance that they're just gonna leave. Mm. That's pretty, and that's pretty that's good. really what we want is to have people get paid. But it really is interesting because young people, young business owners, they really are like that. They want to get paid. They want to make all this money, but they, at the same time, it is a delicate balance. It's really, because I'm just thinking this is kind of totally random, but I'm thinking of just the difference between, you know, paying a bill. Like I am all about auto pay. I know it's there. I know it's coming out versus Mm -hmm. I, you know, the president of Sharon McKinley group, he is all about, I need to see the invoice. I got to make sure that everything's legit. Then I'll go ahead and write a check or I'll pay it online. A one-time deal. It's just so funny how just business owners are just so different from a generational standpoint. And you have the people who kind of are like the, the black sheep. So making it easy for people to pay you. It's, you know, have a variety. If you, if your business is one of the types of businesses that it's easy to set that up, you know, obviously have your QuickBooks invoicing. Um, if you're worried about the uh, passing off credit card fees to clients, have a Venmo account. Um, I generally don't um, recommend uh, PayPal for service providers for a variety of reasons. Um, but if you're comfortable with PayPal, use PayPal. Um, you, uh, use Stripe on your website. Have Make getting paid easy. Don't just say, oh, well, just pay me cash when I get there. The vast majority of people anymore don't carry cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Yeah, I'm- I'll carry cash to like go buy a bucket of balls to hit. That's like the only time. But l- let me ask you this. So what, what about people who they just signed a contract and a few months later they realized, wow, I guess I did not read this contract to the full extent and I'm actually not happy with the agreement I'm in. Are you able to break a contractual agreement? Breaking contractual agreements is hard. Amending contractual agreements is a little bit easier. Uh, and it, it also depends on what that contractual agreement is for. Um, obviously, if I was to try to amend my mortgage, my mortgage company is going to be like, that's cute. No. <laughs> but uh, amending a, a contract for, like, say you're getting married and you discover that the weekend that you were going to get married is opening weekend for your favorite sports team. I don't recommend trying to change your wedding because your fiance might hurt you. (laughs) Um, But this has happened and, but your venue has a a no cancellation policy and you can't move the date. You can negotiate that with the venue and say, okay, I know there's technically no cancellation, but let's go ahead and um, see what we can do. Can, uh, you know, we possibly change it from a Saturday to a Friday or, you know, pay us, you know, a slight bit of a fee to get the date that we want without losing the, you know, 10 to 15% deposit that we had to put down. 
um, that's amending those contracts is much easier than just trying to get out of them. But in a lot of contracts, if there is that chance that something's going to go wrong or something's going to need to change, I'll put that carve out within the contract. It's the, okay, if X, Y, or Z happens, this contract can be terminated. And that's why a lot of times it's very important for a business owner to have an attorney that's reviewing those contracts mm -hmm. for them because they can learn about your business cycle. Not every attorney is going to automatically be an expert in every field. But if you know, I know that my, my brewers are gonna be busy in the summer months producing loggers and they're going to need a lot of wheat. But last year, they didn't need quite as much wheat because they weren't producing beer because the, the taps were not blowing. We had, in a lot of my contracts, we had those, the need for production built in. So it was a production was down, we don't need to pay for this. Mm. It was a slight fee for that, but we had it built in. I feel like more people were drinking beer last year. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> they just were the Alcohol sales in general were up. The but taps. The taps were dry because no one was going to bars because COVID. But they, makes sense. There yeah. are a lot of small breweries yeah. that don't bottle. They only have it in keg. Uh, man. Yeah, wow. Poor guys. Wow. Trish, you should go help them out. Yeah. I don't. Well, I haven't drank beer in a really long time, so <laughs> no beer for. I'm a. I'm a wine drinker. Uh, <laughs> not that we need to have a, a another discussion about this Bitcoin wine stuff that people buy. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't get it. I, I do want to point out though, uh, Heather is really. I mean, she's given really good, like clear examples, which I appreciate. Whether it's the beer or the wedding venue, that's pretty good. Now, I will say. If any, if there's ever a contractual agreement and I can't do something, I have to get out of it and I lose my, de they won't, they will change it, but I lose my deposit. I guarantee you, I'll tell them, sorry, keep the deposit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have my, my venue here or my whatever here. So yeah. principal, just saying. Principals are expensive. <laughs> they can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So Heather, besides having a contract, when you engage in a client service, uh, mm -hmm. making sure that one, you get paid, what are the other contracts that you find are, I don't want to call them popular, but important to business owners to have in place? The employment agreements are very important, uh, particularly if you're doing anything with intellectual property. You want to make sure that your uh, employees are using that intellectual property uh, appropriately. Uh, and with certain key employees, you may want to have a non-compete or a non-solicit. Um, those need to be very narrowly tailored in Texas. Uh, if you're outside of Texas, you need to speak to an attorney within uh, your jurisdiction because those laws vary wildly. Uh -huh. um, so employee agreements, uh, general confidentiality agreements, if you're working with any sort of vendor, uh, you're going, going to want to ensure that your, uh, your information is protected. Uh, if you're anywhere in the healthcare or wellness realm, um, you're going to want to ensure that you have very solid privacy policies. Privacy policies are important overarchingly, but they are more important in the health and wellness uh, realm because it can implicate HIPAA. 
depending on what you're doing and what type of information you're accessing. Um, if you're working with anybody overseas, um, depending on the scope of your practice and services, you're going to, have, going to want to have a GDPR policy. Uh, and those can be daunting. Um, they're not overly complicated for people that work within the privacy realm, but they feel complicated to business owners. Um, and like if you're purchasing anything, um, you're going to want the vendor the vendor and buyer agreements. You don't want to just sign off on the contract because you need it. Uh, it's a, okay, what are the terms and conditions here? What are we, what is our resource if, what we were promised is not what was delivered. And because that's unfortunately common or it ends up late. Everybody recalls when, you know, UPS and FedEx were just not delivering things in a timely manner. If you've got anything that's like time sensitive or um, perishable, uh, there's a, now there's a lot of small co-ops that ship um, very perishable goods like uh, meat and fish that was that can be disastrous for them and if they don't have good contracts with those shipping companies mm. that can be very problematic man that's very interesting really so any business owner if they're looking to do business b2b or have some agreements so yeah. they can so they can ship or whatever they need to talk to to attorney heather yeah. carson <laughs> all right so okay random question and okay well now i'm thinking about dogs so now it's gonna be an animal question uh, her dog just popped up again, by the way, everybody. Yeah. So Heather, if you could be any land animal, what would you be and why? Um, I, I, I would probably be my dog because he's ridiculously Can't, spoiled. Cannot be a dog. You have to be saying <laughs> um, besides a other, dog. other than my very spoiled Thor, um, I would probably be a cheetah. <laughs> why is that? Um, because not only are they <laughs> one of the, the fastest land animals, they are the fastest land, land animal. Um, but they are ridiculously good hunters and also get to sleep in the sun all day. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, Heather Carson, cheetah attorney, she loves hunting people down apparently. So make sure you pay your invoices. All right. She will climb a tree after you. Yeah. Uh, I, I love how people are so, as a matter of fact, Colton, about your I, questions. Like that, like they've been thinking about it, like they were prepped for the question. I promise they're not. Heather, thank you so much for being with us today. Would you please share with our audience what generation you belong to? I know there's some question around that. <laughs> um, and, and we were actually discussing just before the show um, whether or not like where I fall, I'm like right in that, that gray space between, um, Gen X and millennial. Um, just depends on what chart you look at. Yes. It depends on uh, what internet resource you're looking at. Well, I guess. Yeah, this and is if they hadn't the dropped question. the Y Jenners, yeah. And if yeah. they hadn't dropped the Y Jenners, right. Then you would fit yeah. in somewhere. I don't know where they went. Go ahead, Colton. No, I was just going to say, so th this will, this will determine where you are. Trisha, ask your second question, please. So what generation do you most identify with? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately don't. Like that's... Well. A millennial X. <laughs> she most yeah. identifies with the millennial X. <laughs> yeah, that's the, um, yeah, that's the, the odd one. So I was just like, I, I legitimately don't know. Uh, I'm not, I don't think that I'm nice enough to be a millennial. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> she's, 
She's not relationship material, guys. Um, uh, I'm married. I'm no, I'm saying no. Uh, not okay. that kind of relationship. Not, not, no, like, she's not into building relationships. Sorry, that, that kind of came off weird. Yeah, uh, what Trisha said. Oh, Lord, Colton. All right, so Heather, in closing, would you please share uh, the contact information that you would like our audience to have and uh, your business name, please? Um. The uh, business name is uh, Carson Law, PLLC. Uh, the best way to contact me is by phone, which is 832-621-0766 um, or email, which is heather at carsonlawpllc.com. Perfect. Hey, heather, thank you so much. With you today. Thank you. Thank you. For being so much fun. Yeah, we Talking did. About contracts. <laughs> yes. Who knew? Who knew contracts were fun? Contracts are fun. I keep telling people this and no one believes me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Heather, thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate your time today. This concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Colton Cockrell with Sharon McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas, 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FINRA, Pacific. Sharon McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.